Dykes on a Bike, a Wanabi Bond story. I was in a good place, warm, cozy, safe. Outside, the good people in the world were asleep too. Then suddenly, I was on the cusp of today and tomorrow, when all my yesterdays came thumping at the door. Wannabe, you ugly little bitch. Let me in so that I can bash your blooming head in. The voice belonged to Rat-Faced Ryan, who was reverberating like an echo. Now, even in sleep mode, I recognized a few things wrong with that remark. There was no denying my name, which comes from a long, proud line of procrastinators. My mother, Wannabe Monroe. My grandma, Wannabe Pankhurst. And ugly was a matter of opinion. But I weigh in at 140 pounds, so I don't consider myself as little. And as for being a bitch, well, that comes from my mother's genealogy and nothing to do with me. This only left his invitation to let him in so that he could clobber me. <laughs> Which, let's face it, was a ridiculous idea, and I told him so. His reply came by way of more fist thumps and headbutts, which in turn left him very angry. This he indicated in asterisk, which would have made a docker wince. I admit my job as a private eye had not been going well. My job description carried the no job too small slogan which had left me vulnerable to doing jobs for low life like him. My fleecy line jammies were not ideal for getaways, so I dressed quickly while reciting the words he wanted to hear. I'm sorry, Mr. Ryan. I'll give you back your money. Came with total honesty, accompanied by a quieter, when I've raided my ten-year-old cousin's money box, which may not have been considered quite so acceptable. Fortunately, my pad has a back door, which I exited with enthusiastic alacrity. It was not a time to linger. Not sure where to go at the time of night when Cinderella has already turned into a pumpkin, I wandered through the city trying to make up my mind which was my favourite bar for the evening. I crossed the gentleman's relish and the virgin's whistle off my list as the doorman in each greeted me with the same message. Your tab is now in four figures. Sell your body to the slave trade and send us the invoice. Instead, I made my way to the halfway there bar. It's a place where I've always made my best decisions, mostly because they won't let me buy a drink without paying for it. Baldybont, the barman, was cleaning glasses with a rag that had been new before the Great Depression and grinned when he saw me come in. Hi, Wanabi. You're out late, aren't you? Aren't you worried you might not get enough beauty sleep? He jibed. No, I can always buy it out of a jar like Toothy over there. I nodded to the singer, who was displaying her dual talents by wobbling on heels that would have come up to the navel of a pygmy. 
Each breath sent everything gyrating, which did not bode well for the lyrics of All of me, why not take all of me? The audience were getting her, whether they wanted her or not. Bordibonce grinned, flashing his two for the price of one dentures, and nodded to the back room. You've got a visitor. Just come in and ask for you. Looking behind me, I saw Ratface grinning like a Cheshire cat who had cornered the rat. Only he was the cat and I was the rat. Yeah, yeah, I know it's confusing. What's he got on you? Bordibonce asked as if he cared. I took on a job for him with money in advance. Spent the advance, then found the job was to do a hit on Penile Enzy. Ah, Penile Enzy? He's been here too, in the other bar, Bordy nodded. You could work off the debt right now and save me having to throw him out as a drunken delinquent. I listened and sure enough I could hear some pretty odd stuff from the back room. Bury me not in the lone prairie. My God, somebody's dying, I said to Baldy, forgetting that it was supposed to be me doing the necessary. Running down the hall and into the room, I immediately saw my mistake. Penile was sitting at the piano, singing the old Johnny Cash hit song with gusto. Once inside the room, I could hear the words, Bury me not on the lone prairie. All you gotta do is what he asks, trilled Ratface, who had come up behind me. But you'd better croak him first. With the singing reaching a screeching crescendo, the suggestion sounded a good one. I reached into my hip pocket for my gun, only to remember I'd left it at the pawn shop. However, my fingers grasped a toothpick left over from the night before's jaunt to Chinese Chink's Fried Lice Cafe. Fortunately, while low on flavour, Chink's does a pretty big toothpick. Run for it, I called out to Penile, while turning on the ball of my foot and swiping at Ratface, who was now close behind me. Unfortunately, while it was true there was a body behind me, it wasn't the one I expected. Toosie had stopped singing and come to investigate the competition. I extended my arm with expectations of the toothpick's pointy end doing damage to Ratface. I was gratified to see it did find its mark, but not quite the way intended. There was a loud pop, then another, followed by a light whoosh, and Toosie's pride and joys suddenly deflated, leaving her sagging. But while she was sagging and I was flagging, Ratface was bragging. Why, I've had a bet with Bordy for months they weren't real. He chirped through snorts of laughter. And now he owes me more than you do, Wanabi. Then, in a spurt of bonhomie, he put his arm around Penile and cheered. Come on, old sport. While I'm feeling this good, I'll let Wanabi take a rain check on you too. You can live another day.
He turned around to make his way back to the bar to splurge his winnings from Baldy, leaving me and Toosie alone. Sorry about the implants, Toosie, I said. She shook her head. No worries. There are plenty more at home where they came from. She looked up with a leer on her smear. I've got my bike outside, Wanabi. How about coming back to my place and doing some heavy breathing while we put them back together? Does the offer come with breakfast? I asked. She nodded happily. Yeah, two eggs, sunny side up, and a good fat sausage. We left the bar as Pienaar struck up a hearty rendition of the old 1940s hit, Forgive Me! What more can I say? Toosie and I linked arms and went out of the bar and the story together. I straddled the crossbar and enjoyed the gentle rhythm of the ride home just as the sun came up. Two dykes on a bike followed by breakfast. Ha! <laughs> Life doesn't get better than that. If you had wanted an action-packed story... This would not have been one of them. You have been listening to Two Dykes on a Bike, a Wanabi Bond story, written and performed by Brianda Cross. If you have enjoyed this adventure by Wanabi Bond, please let us know at fastfictionpodcasts.com where you will find information about more Wanabi stories and also quite a few others. Thank you.